Hey, everybody. Welcome to Red Pill Your HealthCast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I'm here with Lauren Johnson, nurse practitioner. And this is going to be a fun podcast because we are going to talk about pharmaceuticals. And it's a hot topic. It's been a hot topic. It will always be a hot topic because uh, for obvious reasons. And so on this episode, we're going to talk about statins and blood pressure medications. So before we go any further, I have one question for everybody listening. And that question is, I challenge you to name one medication that's made for chronic illness that gets to the root cause and is designed for acute care and not long-term. I'll wait. I won't wait because we will be here all for the rest of eternity because that doesn't exist. And so the more you think of it, um, the more the more you know, the better uh, your knowledge will be, obviously. And so when you ask that type of question, think about it. Pharmaceutical drugs are, are made for lifelong customers. You are kept on it because it masks a symptom. It never gets to a root cause. And then when they can't find the root cause because the tests aren't sensitive enough, they say that we don't know or unknown causes, and they're not willing to go and dive deeper and ask the better question. So with that being said, let's jump into, what do you want to start with, Lauren? You want to start with statins? You want to go blood pressure first? Let's start with statins. Statins, everyone's favorite thing. Statin, yeah. statin, statin. I mean, like a quarter of Americans are on a statin drug, over the age of 40 are on a statin drug. I mean, that's crazy. The fact that there's that nuts. many people on a statin drug. And what gets me is that they act like you are like a really bad person for questioning being on a statin drug that makes mm -hmm. you feel like crap. Like your legs don't feel great. I was talking to family members this weekend about this, how their, their heart, their cardiologist put them on a statin and they, they're just, their legs are hurting. And it's like, what do yep. they do? And, um, it, it, it's, it's mind boggling to me that they, that they, put these people on these statins, but they don't even acknowledge that over set about 75% of patients who go to the hospital with a heart attack do not have elevated cholesterol. So what is causing that? Yeah. And it's, it's these statins not addressing the root cause. They're just lowering the numbers. And so yep. they look better. They look better. That's their parameter. And so many of these studies, well, they, they, they look for their, their outcome is a lower cholesterol. Their outcome is not less, not going to the hospital with a heart attack. I was looking That's at that. Right. Why are they, why is that an outcome measure? Why is cholesterol all, you know, it's, it's obviously the bad guy. Well, no, it's not. Why would the body make it if it was, if it was the cause of disease? And so you said it perfectly with that last sentence. Why would the body make it if it was a cause of disease? That is all you really need to know, folks. I mean, that is... Uh, the golden question. And so we've been taught to think that cholesterol is bad for us. But if you have no cholesterol, you can literally cannot rebuild any cell in your body. And for sure, you can't build your hormones because hormones are made from cholesterol. And so, you know, you're, you're scared into thinking that you need to lower your cholesterol, but now you're going towards um, early death, essentially. I mean, you literally can't reproduce without cholesterol. You can't reproduce any cell in your body at the cellular level. That is how important this talk is. And so, um, what else is associated with, with lower cholesterol is cancer. 
cancer has been extremely associated with low cholesterol levels. And um, there was also a study that said, and I posted on my first Instagram, you know, before the Dr. Charlie 2.0, uh, the, the OG Dr. Charlie DC. And I posted saying that the study showed that you literally have uh, a chance of dying from everything with low cholesterol levels. And so that's not a game that I want to play. And so let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what we can do. Well, the biggest organ that we can talk about is the liver. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the liver transport cholesterol and it also breaks it down into um, to be put into the bile so that we can eliminate it properly. So now if our liver and gallbladders are clogged, cholesterol is just going to build. And so that's the question we should be asking. It shouldn't be, you know, um, how high is my cholesterol level? What medication should I be on? It, it should be, okay, so if my cholesterol level is that number and we need to get it lower, what's going on in my body that is allowing it to be that high? Yeah. I think it's really interesting that um, conventional medicine, they don't even look at, hey, we have so many patients that are of low thyroid function that uh, that their their liver, their liver enzymes look a little funky and that their cholesterol is high. Like, yeah. how do they not see that this is all all connected? And yep. so, you know, that's something that you'll see a lot is low thyroid function will impact um, will impact cholesterol. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, let's talk about the side effects of statins. Do you have a list in front of you? Because it is a long one. Yes, let's do it. Okay. Myopathy, which basically means your muscles are hurting or like just being destroyed. Uh, uh, you know, that would be more yep. being destroyed. Uh, That's the number one that I see clinically is when patients come in and they're, you know, elderly, so to speak. And they say, yeah, my muscles just hurt everywhere. My first question is how long you've been on a statin? 99% of them give me an exact how many years they've been on a statin. And so we'll talk about what it's depleting later, but keep going on that uh, side of, you know, let's not even call it side effects. Let's call it effects because the only reason why they're labeled side effects is so that they don't take the blame for it. So think about that. That's another sleight of hand. Oh, here's your statin. But the side effects might be headache and dizziness and you feel terrible and you have muscle pain and sleep problems. That's not a side effect. That is a direct effect of you masking a symptom that is making your system worse. That's a good point. All right. So myopathy, immune mediated necrotizing myopathy is number two, tendon rupture, rhabdomyolysis that this is all related to the muscles and tendons acute yep. failure, hepatotoxicity. That's like a huge, that's a huge issue. And I see, I've seen patients that have high or elevated liver enzymes, which if you, if your liver enzymes are elevated, you have to have already lost at least half of your liver function for your liver enzymes to be elevated. So yep. don't go just by the, the AST and ALT. That is not a good, like extreme marker. You can have liver issues. And I had some liver congestion. I had a lot of it. And my liver enzymes have always been perfect and it doesn't, mm-hmm. and even too low of liver enzymes and too high can yep. be um, a sign of liver issues. Um, pancreatitis, anaphylaxis, let's see, lupus is a, is a, is an effect. Lupus. Uh, oh, lupus. You know, that's, that's just a, that's just a casual side effect. You, you might get lupus. Typical ones are musculoskeletal pain, diarrhea, flu, nausea, vomiting, headache, chest pain, CK elevated, uh, AST and ALT elevation, uh, heartburn or dyspepsia, 
glucose, <laughs> glucose I mean, increase and cognitive impairment are common. That's under common. Cool. Let's I mean, just, just... yeah, Let, let's just call it side effects so that we can't take the blame and really have no intention to improve uh, this medication. Maybe we should uh, do something different in the future. It just, I mean, it shocks me. So the AFCAPS text cap study, and if you all want to look more into this, I really recommend you read, it's a board certified cardiologist book, or it's a board certified cardiologist. His name is Dr. Jack Wolfson, and he yep. wrote the paleo cardiologist and yep. it's a good book. Um, and he, in it, he talks about this. He says the AFCAPS text cap study found that 63 people need to take a statin for five years before yeah. preventing one cardiac event. That's the so hope, crazy. I know, right? The HOPE 3 study found that 250 people need to take the drug for five and a half years to prevent one heart one heart attack. So it is very clear that these studies have shown that they're like it's not for primary prevention, they are not helpful. There yeah. is some evidence that shows once you've had a heart attack that they do help prevent a second one. But I, I am still even leery on that. I will say that there is more evidence against like for that, for secondary no. prevention, but for primary pre prevention, which is what most people take them for. I mean, no. I, have, we have seen, I have seen 20 year olds on statins. Uh, they, 20 year olds the, on statins. The FDA, last year, the FDA requested that the, um, the pregnancy category X be removed from statins because they want to start giving it to a certain population of pregnant women that are, that they think are going to benefit from this. That's so and crazy. I'm, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, they, they really believe that statins are going to increase your lifespan and they think it's like the best drug for everybody to be on. Yeah. Yeah. They, they want to push it that way. Yeah, they do. I mean, they really do. And it, it and the fact is that like, so with certain drugs, like for example, with, oh, is it with methotrexate that they have you take? There's, and then with metformin, I think they've gotten on that they needed to have them on B vitamins um, now, but with statins, they still don't, they, the pharmacists will not tell you to go get CoQ10, yep. but statins really deplete CoQ10 and CoQ10 is pretty important for heart health, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's one of the most and important right. things for sure. It, it creates ATP, it creates energy in your body at the mitochondrial level. So it, it is extremely important for your whole body, but especially the organs that have the most amount of mitochondria, which is your brain and heart. Yeah. Yeah. And so but think no about like people have cognitive impairment. It's like, well, at, yeah. at least at, at the very least you could tell them to take CoQ10 alongside. We have a lot of evidence that shows that it depletes CoQ10. Yeah. It's, it's well known. And, you know, I wish I would have looked this up because I don't want to butcher this, but I remember, I thought it was, um, who, who developed Lipitor? I don't know. Was it, like, was it oh, a Merck? Company? Yeah. Was oh, it Merck? Or was it not Merck? Was it Merck? Let's Who look. did Lipitor? Uh, Johnson & Johnson was the Pfizer. Everyone's like, I know those companies because they created the vaccines. Lipitor is, it's one of the stronger ones. Who created it? Roth discovered a Torvastatin. This... Let's see. Lipitor Drug Company. It's a, oh, that... Uh, is Lipitor, it says uh, Lipitor remains a global moneymaker for Pfizer. Pfizer. Oh, that makes sense. So, um, yeah, Pfizer, of course. However, what happens when, when Pfizer came out with it, um, they basically uh, did something where they didn't release the research on CoQ10 
or something along those lines. And as soon as soon as the patent ran out for Lipitor, the next day they said, oh, by the way, all you guys need CoQ10 because this has been depleting you since the since we pretty much introduced it. Isn't that freaking wild? Like, how is that? How do people not see the issue with these? I know, I know. And companies, I mean, I, I'm not, I know the people that work for these companies, I know they're not all bad people. I'm not saying that. I just like what the way that they, like, if you look at it from the outside, how do you not see that there is some ulterior motive there? Or at least it's not good. For sure. So uh, the two main ones that statins are going to deplete are CoQ10 and vitamin D because vitamin D is made from cholesterol. Right. And so um, products that I use in clinic when people are on statins that helps replace what is depleting them is Vervita Regenerzyme Heart or Vervita Inspiracel. They're very similar products with minute differences. Inspiracel does a little more of the neurotransmitters of the brain as well, whereas Regenerzyme Heart has adrenal tissue in there and does a little more um, with essential fats. It has the flaxseed oil in there as well. Um, so, but both of those are interchangeable. That would be a good one a day for pretty much giving you back everything that these statins deplete. Obviously my first thing is get off the dang statins, change your lifestyle, figure it out. Let's get to the root cause. This is just information for you. If you have a loved one who won't do that or, um, something like that. Yeah. I mean, they, the, the newest recommendations from the U S preventive services task force, it's like the, the, you know, end all be all, uh, recommendations for prevention. Uh, they even said that 19 of the 22 studies that they looked at were industry sponsored, but even then they said it was, it said small net benefit, small net benefit, but they didn't quantify it. And, and that's industry sponsored. Yeah. And that's industry sponsored. So what would it look like if it was not industry sponsored and, They've, and you're going to say, okay, well, okay, you're, you're telling me to take these supple uh, or you're telling me that these other supplements can be helpful instead. And actually we're not going to say that we're going to say there are some supplements that are helpful, but there's more than that. It's not just one to help lower cholesterol. And it's not even about lowering cholesterol because for let's start with one thing, cholesterol being high, you have, there's lots of different types of cholesterol. And I like to know the size of the particles. I think that's super important. If you're going to look at cholesterol, you want to know how big, how big the particles are, big fluffy particles bounce off vessel walls and don't cause as much damage. But if we have small, dense, little bouncy balls flying off everywhere, those can cause more damage and are more likely to cause vessel injury. And so they don't even look at this, but there's, if you can request to your doctor to get an NMR profile, NMR profile, and that will show the size of the, of the particles. This, this profile is done by LabCorp and all the typical lab companies, but the, but the conventional docs don't even know how to interpret it. And so there's no, there's no, uh, there's no benefit in interpreting it because it's all the same solution, a statin. Yeah. And, and it really helps to know because then you can see it shows you the small LDLP. So it shows you if that number is high, then you can say, okay, we're at a higher risk. But I've had plenty of people that have a high LDL, but that number, that, that small LDL, it's really low and they're at a lower risk. And so it's really important to know that I think that we don't, you know, there are so many things that that you need to look at. It's not just about lowering your numbers, which is, which is the, the, what the, this outcome measure that, that they all look at, but that's clearly not correlated with less heart attacks. And so we really need to look at 
more than just what is your LDL? And that means that you've been, you've been a success if that, if that gets lowered. And so um, just for the people out there, if you have labs that you want to have, take a look um, for me, for functional reasons, I like cholesterol total between 220 and 250. Now, yeah. anything, yeah. anything lower than 220 or, or uh, anything higher than 200, they're going to tell you is high cholesterol. I don't see that clinically. So um, another one is your LDL. Uh, I like below 120 and I like HDL, the good cholesterol between 55 and 80. Yeah. I'll, I'll be okay with 85. So we'll call it I usually do 55 to 80 though. Now, the more important of all of those, in my opinion, is triglycerides. Yeah. That yeah. is going to tell you blood lipids and that's going to tell you it's a blood sugar issue. So yeah. I like triglycerides below a hundred. Yes. Now, yeah. what I'll tell you is LDL raises in the presence of insulin. So what is insulin? Insulin is what regulates blood sugar with stress hormone cortisol. So if you are always stressed out, you have a, a crappy diet, you're going to have a big insulin need when insulin doesn't get put into the muscles then, uh, or into the body properly, then the LDL shoots up. Now, what helps get LDL into the muscles exercise? So why does everyone say eat right and exercise? Because that's what is good for us. And so the basics of life will improve your cholesterol if you're doing the basics properly. Yeah. And I think it really matters. Like there have been times in my life where I haven't eaten as well. And even if you're eating pretty clean, but you're still eating more processed stuff, um, or you're eating out more, it might be better places, but you're eating out more. You don't feel as good. Like listen to your body when that's happening. I think that's really important to say, okay, how do I feel? And, and then exercise is super helpful for stress, like, and for mental health. And, and that's something that stress is a huge factor. We're going to talk about blood pressure, but it's also for cholesterol. Yeah. And, and, and the herbs that I'm going to talk about for cholesterol, I'm also going to mention the same ones for blood pressure. So I'll just save them for the end. Um, I think that we did a pretty good job of tackling cholesterol, uh, thus far with, we really want you to understand what cholesterol is, not just how to lower it. That's the yeah. whole thing of this and realizing that like statins, not a good game plan, not like, a good game plan. Like cholesterol is they're doing the cleanup work They're It's there. Yes. Like, why is it high? It, is it cleaning up? And so it might be high due to either a, the body feeling threatened and it's, it's, there's a lot of inflammation going on. It could be a physical threat. And so it could be, say there's mold, say there is a chronic pathogen, like well, parasites or Lyme, the body, if the body senses a threat, it's going, it's trying to figure that out and it's doing some cleanup work. And so I do think that, you know, we have to consider things like that, but I would say also like trauma and things like that, that yes. is a big toxin that will create a threat in the body and, and can cause that as well. Absolutely. And the last thing before we go to blood pressure, um, is that, uh, the vast minority of cholesterol issues is genetic. The vast minority. Yeah. Like, have I seen some people, people that have- say it is, and it's no, 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 no. They'll always Which say that, but you will eat there's, maybe, to? there's maybe 1% of the patients that I've seen in the last eight years that actually had genetic uh, cholesterol issue. And I'm talking this cholesterol would run in the 700s. Yeah. Yeah. Like when you see it that high, 
that there's definitely a genetic component, but I'm telling you, when I say the vast minority, it is rare. I think I've seen two in my eight years as an NP. I've seen two and it was like, I mean, the numbers were just off the charts. And so that would be the very, very not common thing. What is common between families, the way you eat, the toxins you've been exposed to, the traumas that you've experienced. And so those have to be considered. Things like pathogens can be passed down in pregnancy. And so it has to be considered when you look at, okay, it's the genetic. Well, no, it's not. It is, it is the things that you guys have all been exposed to. Absolutely. Um, All right. Let's go to number two, which is blood pressure. Now I'm going to kick us off with blood pressure. And I was telling Lauren before we uh, jumped on here, when I first learned applied kinesiology, in the basic course, we talk about blood pressure and there's a few different things, um, that were really fascinating to me. And this is one of them. And I tried to find it on the internet. I just couldn't find it. So you can either label me a conspiracy theorist or trust me. (laughs) And so, uh, I always wondered where does this 120 over 80 come from? And what I was told, this is 10 years ago, I was told this was that it was in New York in the 20s or 30s. And they took 10 people off the street of New York and did an average of all 10 blood pressure. And then they said that the average of all of them was 120 over 80. And these people were, quote unquote, uh, asymptomatic. But we all know that asymptomatic does not mean healthy. No. It could be far from. And so yeah. that is what I was told. Um, to be honest, it makes complete sense. <laughs> this world to go off something like that makes complete sense. I know that they're lowering it um, each year that, you know, that pretty soon it's going to be, Hey, if you're, if you have blood pressure, that's above a 90 over 80, you have high blood pressure because <laughs> they're just going to push the drugs. Since I've been an MP, they have lowered it. And yep. so now if you have a blood, if you have a blood pressure of 128 over 82, you are going to be in that pre hypertensive range. And yep. it's not, it's, it, it, they keep lowering it. And just like they keep lowering the LDL, uh, goal because their, their outcomes are not getting any better. And, and, and it's like, well, they could blame it on this or that. No, it's because you're looking at the wrong parameters or looking at the wrong things and they're not getting to the root cause. And so I have seen a heart attack with a, with a patient, with a patient that was blood pressure was 150 over 100, but I've seen blood pressure of 220 over 150 and it, and it's, and the person's like, I have a headache, um, you know, and it's, and it, it's so blood pressure is different for each person. And that's why something like that, I, if that is true, it wouldn't surprise me if that's true, but they pulled them sure. off, of, um, off the street and just measure their blood pressure. That wouldn't. And can you me. think of like in the 1920s and thirties, how ridiculously dirty New York was? Oh. I'm just like, I, I just think of the movie, The Godfather of like all these Italian immigrants coming over to New York and everyone lives in their own neighborhoods and it's just like trash everywhere. You know, it, it's just not a very clean, uh, clean place. Not to say that New York is any more clean than now no. than it was then. I mean, New York is absolutely a trash hole right now. Yeah. Um, no different than LA and San Francisco as well. Um, so if you think I'm just hating on the East Coast, I, I'm hating on both coasts. Um, okay. So now what does the top and bottom number mean? The top number is your systolic blood pressure, which is 
uh, basically the number of every time your heart contracts, what pressure is in your arteries, that is regulated by your liver. The bottom number is regulated by your kidneys, your diastolic. So if your your top number is high, like you know, if you go to your doctor and it's 140 or 150, they're going to tell you you need a blood pressure med. But that really is just telling you you have something going on with your liver. And we just covered it with with cholesterol. You know, is it blood sugar? Is it infection? Is it deep resentment? Because a lot of stuff is emotional. I'm telling you, I think blood pressure is honestly more emotional than anything. Yeah. Where is that? Stress levels. Yeah. And, and so, and if the bottom number um, here, I should, I should uh, tell you guys what I think the, um, the functional numbers are for blood pressure. And there's a doctor named Phil Maffetone. He's uh, a, I think he's a chiropractor and he was a, like a marathon enthusiast and things like that. And, and he treated a lot of high-end marathon runners and athletes and stuff. And what he said was that to be functional, your blood pressure should be 110 plus half your age over 80 to 90. And so as you age, your blood pressure should raise a little bit to meet your physical demands. And, and we see that's that clinically because what... we see that in, you know, 60 and 70 year olds, um, their blood pressure is automatically higher. And actually most yeah. conventional medicine docs do recognize that. And they are okay with 150 over over 90 with a, um, a 75 year old. Um, yeah. but so we do see that clinically, but also I want to mention why we don't want to see low blood pressure. So let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So I see this all the time too. I'm like, okay, so the per- patient goes into their, uh, I call them real doctors, you know, cause a lot of times patients will come in to me like, I went to my, uh, they like kind of trip over their words, like to, to not offend me, you know, they're like, you know, I went to my, uh, my real doctor, I'm like, Oh, the RDs. Yeah. They're, they're real smart. Um, and so they'll say that, uh, um, that my blood pressure was great. It was 90 over 70. I'm like, yeesh, uh, you have an adrenal issue, my friend, because low blood pressure is related to adrenal fatigue and adrenal gland issues, which is our stress glands. And so if you are lying down or sitting and you stand up and you get lightheaded, that is a adrenal pattern. Uh, your blood pressure is not, it's called the raglan dumping sign. Your blood pressure is not um, adjusting appropriately for normal physiology. And so what is the side effects of blood pressure meds? A lot of times dizziness and vertigo because it's lowering your blood pressure, which is not right for your physiology. Right. Right. Yeah, it is. That is so common. That's something that I, you know, there is a lot of side effects to blood pressure medicine. There's a lot of nutrient depletion that can happen. And I'm not saying to not take them because there is a time and place um, while you're working on root cause. Sure. I'm not saying that I am saying though, there are a lot of side effects to these meds. Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of, uh, effects as we now call them. A lot, a lot of effects. I know I got that side effects. I'm just used to saying, I, I say it all the time. I'm like, yeah, the side effects. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just like perpetuating this, this mass psychosis that has been, you know, since pharma started since Rockefeller days in the, in the 1913 Flexner report on the history of, of all that. That's oh, allopathy yeah, that, versus like the homeopathic. So. That's a deep dive right there. I, I think yeah, people would enjoy like, that. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think that, wait, what were you saying? No, go ahead. I, I think that it's, it's super important to understand blood pressure. You, you, it's going to go higher with stress, with emotional stress. It yep. is going to go higher if you're eating a bunch of crap food. And like, yep. if, if, cause I mean, that is the wrong types of oils, the wrong types of salt. And yep. 
salt is good for you. You need salt, but you also, you don't want junk salt. You want yep. good salt. I do. I use Redmond and Crucial 4. I don't know if you have a specific salt that you use. Um, you I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with, uh, we've used Redmond. We use the Celtic or Celtic sea salt in the blue bag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the main one that we use is that one. Yeah. And then some people would say, you know, well, the ocean has, has mercury and stuff. And, and then you should get it from the mountains or the Himalayans. And then it's like other people say, no, it's pure. I've muscle tested it all, you know, certain sea salts like that test fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's about, it's about what you're eating. It's about, are you eating on the go? Are you going through a drive-through and picking up some fast food and, and eating, eating it while you're driving? Like that's all, that all matters too. For so, sure. you know, are we, are we leaving these stressed out going from one thing to the next lives? Absolutely. And so, um, I have a, a list pulled up right here of side effects that we don't call side effects anymore, um, of blood pressure meds. So here we go. Diuretics, frequent urination, lightheaded fatigue, muscle cramping, bowel movement changes in erectile dysfunction, angiotensin two receptor blockers, um, higher potassium levels in the blood leading to kidney damage and low blood pressure. Calcium channel blockers is feeling dizzy heartburn, fatigue, and swelling, especially in your feet and ankles, beta blockers, cold hands, cold feet, intense dreams, fatigue, or absolute exhaustion, erectile dysfunction, dizziness, or lightheaded when you get up from sitting to lying, which I just said is an adrenal pattern. So these are stressing our adrenals. Angiotensin, or we'll just call them ACE inhibitors, because that's probably what most people have heard of them as, skin rashes, kidney issues, uh, chronic cough and loss of taste. I can tell you that people who are on ACE inhibitors, which is usually the gold standard, yeah. um, always have a cough, always. Con- yeah. con. It's just a dry cough that they can never get rid of. That's where it's coming from. It is an effect of the medication. And everyone who's on beta blockers feels tired. Uh, every single yep. everybody. Yeah, everybody. That is something that uh, and then erectile dysfunction in men, yeah. it is yeah. it is a massive issue. Well, one one thing I will say about erectile dysfunction is if you experience that, and I would encourage you to go and get a blood test for lipoprotein A, fibrinogen, CRP, and homocysteine. Those four. Every patient when I was in California. Um, and I haven't had any here in Tennessee yet, but whenever a male would come in and their main complaint was erectile dysfunction, I said, I need you to get these three blood tests because that could be a genetic clotting factor that we need to know about. And, and many of them came back positive with the lipoprotein A and that could have, that I'm not even saying could that save their life knowing that because now we can modify lifestyle changes, you know, yeah, now it's great. You can get erections and all that type of stuff, but we could have just prevented a massive stroke and right. things that are down the road is much more intense. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of a, uh, interesting topic to bring up that you have erectile dysfunction, but don't take that lightly. Yes. It could be because of stress. Yes. It could be because of your diet and things like that. I, I totally get right. that effective medicine, but it could 100. Also yeah. But I, I, that's my, the first sign, especially if you're young, that's the first thing that I check in and um, for good reason. So I don't want to scare people, but it's good information to have. And the test costs like a hundred bucks to run those blood markers. It is not expensive out of pocket. I think it's 150 max and insurance might not cover it, but for 150, if now, you know, if you have a genetic clotting factor or high fibrinogen, things like that, um, that's well worth the money. Yeah. 100%. Yep. 
Um, okay, so now, now that we know that blood pressure is really just congested liver and kidneys and stress and diet and all the stuff that we always preach, and that medications really just have effects, not side effects, besides lifestyle changes, because we can talk about this for another hour, what are some nutrients that we, and things that we can do naturally? Now, again, we are saying this as a, hey, if you want to investigate this, we always come from a root cause perspective. So change the lifestyle first or the infections or the diet, whatever it is. But the following ones that we're going to talk about is ones that we've seen clinically actually help specifically with cholesterol and uh, blood pressure. Yeah. You want me to go first? Or you want to go? Well, for blood pressure, I just want to say minerals. That's like I have yeah. started. I've started patients on magnesium, and seen a a significant difference in their blood pressure. So yes. I I tend to like magnesium glycinate. I like magnesium malate in the morning. I think that's great. You can do a little bit of both. Um, it depends on you know adults. Typical, I would say like three, you know, 250 to 400 milligrams of magnesium ish start slow. Um, I always say start slow with anything, but that's one thing that you don't want to get too tired. If you do feel really tired on magnesium, then it might be that you don't have enough salt or sodium and potassium. And that could Mm -hmm. be out of whack too. That's one thing that will help to regulate blood pressure too is potassium. And a lot of people are walking around potassium deficient and they're not eating potassium rich foods. Yes. It's a banana, also avocados and apricots and pumpkin and coconut water is a great one to get potassium. Um, I will also like watermelon water. I don't know if you've ever had it. It's really good. Um, <laughs> I have, I will actually, I've, I've had water, watermelon juice. Is that what you're talking about? This is just, it says watermelon water and it's I've never, had I've it, never it like amazing. actually ground up a watermelon to do that. But I, I have, this is a, it, it's got natural electrolytes anyways. Potassium is super important to help your body excrete the excess sodium. So you do need enough potassium as well. Yep. I echo that hundred percent. Not um, and- a potassium supplement, but to eat potassium rich foods because potassium supplements, it's, that's something that you can go to too much with. Yes. And before I drop what I'm going to recommend, you brought up watermelon and I'm just compelled to tell you guys, if you guys have never tried watermelon with salt on it, you're missing out. Yeah. It is phenomenal. And I'll take it a step further. Watermelon with salt and drizzle some lime on it. I'm telling you, so you will love it. Yes. So, okay. And it's not watermelon season, I don't think right now. So uh, yeah. wait till summer or whatnot. Um, well, these are what I use for, I have them in my mind when I see high blood pressure and high and cholesterol issues. The top three, Astragalus Supreme, Cat's Claw Supreme, Dan Shen Supreme. Now, Astragalus is an immune builder. There's a lot of good nutrients in there. Uh, it's the master tonic herb of Chinese medicine. It does more than just blood pressure and cholesterol. It does lifestyle stuff. It's antiviral, it's antimicrobial, similar to Cat's Claw. Cat's Claw is one of my favorite herbs ever because it goes after Lyme, parasites, yeast, candida, Epstein-Barr. It turns down um, NF-kappa B, which is the main um, molecule that's triggered in autoimmune tissue inflammation. Uh, and it's great for arthritis, but they always say that it's really good for um, heart health. Now, Dan Shen is red sage. Red sage is one that I'll use quite often to help increase nitric oxide in your blood vessels, which helps with everything we've talked about. 
Um, and in all the studies, it showed to lower blood pressure and, and, and help with cholesterol and all that type of stuff. Um, but it is one that I will check if someone has you know, fibrinogen problems, or they need to thin their blood a little bit. Uh, it's my, my personal, not saying that you should, cause this is not medical advice. Um, it's my personal, um, solution to people who have to take NSAIDs and aspirin, baby aspirin, uh, each day. Dan Shen is my version of that. That's what I would do. Doesn't mean that you should do it. Cause I can't give medical advice, but that's what I would do. Um, and then inspire sound regenerative heart. I, I told you that they, they uh, repleted, is repleted a word? Yeah, repleted is a word, right? They, they put back all the minerals and vitamins that are depleted from blood pressure meds and statins. And so, but they can also help those same pathways to help your body regulate. I take Inspiracel every single day. I use Regenerative Heart as a multi, even though it's not a true multi. I'm not big on multis, um, but that's about as close as I will personally get to a multi. Um I'm just looking at my my notes. What you're also going to hear is, oh, Hawthorne is a great one. Hawthorne's in both Regenerative Heart and Inspire Cell. Uh, and then I don't use too much of it, but red uh, yeast rice, everyone you know hears that that's yeah. like the yeah. cholesterol lowering one. I prefer, if you're going to go that route, I prefer aged garlic more than, um, than red yeast rice. Aged garlic. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I would do that. And then one that we're actually going to talk about in a post tomorrow on Instagram is artichoke extract. Yeah. And um, there's it helps regulate blood uh, blood sugar, so insulin, uh, because it has fiber in it. But even pharmaceutical companies are looking into artichoke extract for a cholesterol-lowering uh, um, nutrient. So, you know. It stimulates bile flow. Yeah, because that's exactly it. So what happens is it's going to get that bile flowing properly, which lets the liver dump its toxins to excrete through the colon. And that gets the body doing what it was meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just have one more to add. I, I, I like a lot of teas. Um, so I'm going to add mm. one more. Two cups of strong hibiscus tea every morning. What is as effective in lowering subject's blood pressure as, as a starting dose of captopril taken twice a day but without the drug side effects, the drug I, effects, I, the drugs effects, I, I cannot, I have not confirmed that, but that is something that, Hey, why not? Like, yeah. why would you not try this? Um, and, and see it's like, you- it's like, so, so it doesn't work. It tasted amazing. Yeah. Like it's good. It, it, and herbs like that are balancing to the body. I think that things yes. like that are more helpful and yep. so try it, you know, I, I'm always about like, okay, like, try it for a couple weeks, see how you feel. Yep. I think that we also, when you're trying different things like this, you need to just t- take a second and say, okay, how do I feel? Does this make me feel better? Does this serve me? Like if, if you start something, if you're on like 20 different supplements, clearly there's something wrong. Like that's yes. not something that you should be. No one should be on that much. I like it to be, I don't know, max like eight or nine. Yeah. I, I, I try to go max five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there, maybe if you're on like a, a, a big protocol for some yeah. chronic stuff, but you know, I, otherwise like you're just on too much. And yeah. If it's, if it's very specific. Yeah. If it's very specific and you were tested by um, a doc in your area and you have the right dosages, then you can go to that highest stuff. But if you're just a hypochondriac and you want to try everything at once, it's not a good um, game plan because I have seen, you know, sometimes I even feel like when patients come in and see me and they've been to 
every chiropractor, every naturopath, acupuncturist, they went to Mayo Clinic, they went to Cleveland Clinic, they went to all these places and they come in with 50 supplements and they say, yeah, I take all this stuff. More times than not, people leave my office taking less supplements than more. And people will start feeling better when you pull them off the supplements that aren't good for their system. Um, The nice thing is what we're telling you, uh, the ones that we talk about are trusted brands. You know, it's not like you're going to go into GNC or uh, the number one pharmacist recommended nature made or nature way or whatever that is. That's that stuff is not good. And a lot of the fillers, a lot of the sourcing is trash. And so next time you think about by a lot, some of them are owned by big business and big, big companies. And they've done there was an attorney general investigation in new york that showed mm-hmm. like 75 percent of the of the supplements on like target and walmart and cvs i, I forget which which ones they tested but they like 75 percent of them didn't have what the bottle said they had and so yeah. it's just not even worth it that's why we that's why we use our full script because yes. you're getting directly from the manufacturer or de- or or ordering directly from the manufacturer's website yeah and, and so when you you know i, I totally get it you want to um you want to get something and you want to save money and stuff like that. But I'm telling you, it's worth the extra money uh, to get quality supplements. You know, so so many people will reach out to my Instagram and say, well, what about this brand? And I'm like, look, this is the one I recommend because I use this. The other ones I can't speak for. And so before you think that these don't work, try a trusted brand first. And off of what Lauren just said about how they did that study and they saw that like the stuff on the shelves, wherever it was, was it Walmart or whatever, um, didn't have what was claimed to be in there. It also goes for pharmaceuticals too. We used to buy Viagra from China and they took Viagra and they, um, uh, what's it called? They opened it and studied it. And 80, in one of the things, 80% of what was in the Viagra was drywall. No. Drywall. Isn't that hilarious? I just thought I was laughing at that. You know that they give Viagra to congenital heart defect babies because it it has it's Nitric like oxide was, increase. That was one of the original reasons that they created the drug. And so I if they're giving drywall to babies, that's not good. No. Um no, not yeah. at all. Not I used to I used to actually take care of heart babies and I would go in and say, Okay, now it's time for sildenafil, not Viagra, because <laughs> you don't want to tell <laughs> the parents you're giving your baby Viagra. Um, but it is, uh, it is um it is used for heart defects. Yeah. So I think that covers everything. Um yeah, we're still waiting. For- we're still waiting for somebody to come up with a drug that uh, is for <laughs> chronic disease that gets to the root cause and isn't made for, uh, you know, or is made for short-term use and not long-term use. So we're still waiting for that. That probably won't happen. I will yeah. just say I worked for years in conventional medicine. This is something that I, I mean, what I would do when I was working in urgent care, I'd have to get every patient's medical, you know, all their medications the amount of adults on cholesterol and blood pressure medicine is insane and mm-hmm. it's getting younger and younger. I, I mean, they, they act like it, they're, they're doing this proactive and prevention thing. And it's really, they're not getting any better on these meds. Now, That's right. am I saying to go off of them? No, especially a blood pressure medicine, because you don't, yep. you don't want that's like immediate effects. Statin, it, it would probably take a little bit, but like either way, I would not go off of any meds. What I would do is start saying, 
what sounds right to me? Maybe let's do some research. Let's get on PubMed. Let's start, let's start talking to my doctor. Let's read the paleo, the paleo cardiologist. Let's yep. do some of these things and do some research and figure out what works for me. There are some supplements like magnesium. It's perfectly, you know, like it's not going to interact with anything. Um, yep. and so things like that, that are, you know, that are super helpful. Um, but you know, it's just something to say, let's take this information as a jumping off point and I'm going to take ownership of my health and see what I can do to change my health. Slow down. Even taking Bingo. five minutes in the morning to do some deep breathing exercises could do wonders for your blood pressure. Yeah. If he, or journaling. Gratitude makes a huge difference. They've actually done yeah. studies on that. Gratitude can make a huge difference in outcomes. It changes your DNA. And so yeah. if, we could, if we could really just slow things down, that really could make a big difference. Yeah. Um, my wife and I, every night before we go to sleep, we've done this for as long as I can remember. So at least five plus years, I don't even know when we started this, but every night before we go to sleep, we say what we were grateful for, for the day. Yeah. And it's a really good practice to get into. Um, and then waking up and reflecting journaling. I love that. Uh, how you said that the breathing exercises, because breathing changes blood flow and blood flow will change your blood pressure. Um, one thing I will add on two things. First one is if you are wanting to get off of your meds, I actually encourage patients to go talk to their pharmacist more than their doctors because the pharmacist knows the chemical interactions and knows the pathways. The doctor is just knows the drug because that's what the pharmaceutical rep came in and said yes. that we'll give you steaks for Christmas or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there was you, don't, you learn some interactions, but you don't, you don't learn that much. And so that's right. the pharmacist is actually the one who's going to know a lot more about that. Yep. Yeah. And, um, there was one other thing that I was going to say, and I just lost it. It was, uh, let's see, it's, it's late. It's 9 PM after a full day yeah. of treating. Um, <laughs> oh, what I was going to say is, um, if you're above the age of like, say 50, eh, maybe 60, and you go into your MD, your real doctor, as we now call them, <laughs> um, and you, and they ask what meds are you on? And you say none, they will look at you like you are an oddball. Yes, you know, they they will give you true. the same, they will give you the same look that I got when I was walking through LA in 2020 with no mask on. They're looking at you like you are a zombie, like you are the rarity. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's that it's crazy because that's how many people are on meds. Yes. Yes. It is so true. Like I it is very uncommon to find older adults not on meds. And there there that is something we have to say. Why is that? What is yeah. Well, I mean, a hundred years ago, older adults didn't, were not on, they weren't, they, they didn't have these meds. And right. if we look at, I think our, our, our life expectancy went up for a little while when we got antibiotics and some other things, but man, it's gone. It's going down now. Like oh, guys, it's not, it's not getting any better. Nope. And so with that, I think that we have covered it thoroughly. Uh, Lauren, go ahead and read your favorite saying at the end of all our episodes. Yes, this is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything. That's right. Or and pharmacist so, and pharmacist. And pharmacist. There you go. Now you know, the more you know, the better you can live. Um, and we're having a blast bringing you guys these episodes. Uh, we are going to uh, continue the next two weeks with different uh, pharma drugs. Uh, next week will be proton pump inhibitors, um, which is near and dear to my heart, uh, which I will get into next week. Um, and then after that, we're doing birth control. So we're we're doing some of the most 
prescribed meds that are making our population extremely sick. Um, but with that, we love you all uh, and uh, have a great weekend. And we will see y'all on the next one.